Welcome to this episode of the New Life Christian Fellowship Podcast. Here is your host, Pastor Eric Stillman. Over the past month, uh, during this time we call Advent, where we've looked back at the coming of Jesus and look forward to his return, I spent the last four Sundays going through some of the names that are given to the Messiah, the, the promised king descended from David, who we know as Jesus. And in the Old Testament, there were different phrases and names given, such as Emmanuel, which is God with us, uh, such as Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace from Isaiah 9. We looked at how he's called the servant of the Lord and what the significance is of that. And then this morning, way back this morning, uh, what did we look at? Does anyone remember? The light of the world, right? The light of the world, that Jesus, the Messiah, is the light of the world. So I thought it'd be fitting to end this sermon series by the name of the Messiah, which is Jesus. The name given to this Messiah is the name Jesus. And this is not like when you were naming your child. I don't know how many of you picked a name based on what it meant, or if you just picked it because you like the name of it, or because it reminded you of you know, someone you wanted to honor. Uh, but there was a reason they gave him the name Jesus. If we go back to Matthew 1, 18 to 25 again, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, remember that the Old Testament was not written in English. It was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. And so the name in the Old Testament, Jesus, is the name Yeshua. Yeshua, which means salvation, which means the Lord saves and so there's a significance out of all the names. They say, name him Jesus, name him salvation, because he will save his people from their sins. And so from the very beginning of Jesus' life, you have a purpose, you have a mission, you have a, a reason behind the name that he has come to be Yeshua, salvation, to save his people from their sins. And when you think about that, again, most of you are probably not reading the Bible in its original languages, but when you substitute the name Yeshua or Jesus for salvation, just here's a few uh, just passages. For, for example, this one, oh, that salvation, Yeshua for Israel would come out of Zion. You know, you change it, oh, for, oh, that Jesus, Yeshua for Israel would come out of Zion. Or this one, this is what John the Baptist's father, Zechariah said, and you, my child, will be a, called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of Yeshua, through the forgiveness of their sins. And then this one from Simeon, who also was there in the temple when Jesus was born. It says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. My eyes have seen your Yeshua. So again, out of all the names that God could have told them to name this Messiah, they give him the name Jesus, salvation, the Lord saves. And I thought this was relevant for today to talk through um, because, you know, in those days, they were looking for a Messiah. They were anticipating that some great king would be descended from David's line, and they were looking for a king who would save them. 
but they weren't looking for someone who would save them from their sins. They were looking for someone who would save them from the oppressor, from Rome. Because right now, when Jesus was born, the nation of Israel, the people of God, were under Roman oppression. And so they were looking for someone who would save them from their earthly oppression, their earthly oppressors from Rome. You know, even when you look at when Jesus rose from the dead, right after he rose from the dead, it says this, on, on, before he ascended to heaven, on one occasion while Jesus was eating with his disciples, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? See that? Even after everything that he's been through, even after his death and resurrection, they're still focused on, okay, is now the time you're going to overthrow Rome and restore Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know the time or date. The Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So again, Jesus, the name means salvation. The Lord saves. And when he is given here, the, the angel tells Joseph, you'll give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Not from the Roman oppressors. He's not here to overthrow Rome. He's here to overthrow Satan. He's here to overthrow, overthrow death, overthrow sin. So I just wanted to take a little time this evening to reflect upon that because I think like the disciples, we can have a very temporal mindset, a very earthly outlook on what we want God to do. And, but he says, Jesus, his ultimate purpose is to save us from our sins. And you think about the things we pray for the most often. If we pray to God, I would say the number one thing that comes up is prayer for what? Physical healing usually, right? We want to pray for our healing or for the healing of someone we love. Consider some of the things that happened in Jesus' life when it came to healing. For instance, from Mark 1, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone's looking for you. And Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also, for that is why I have come. See what happened there? Jesus has healed a bunch of people. He goes to bed. The next morning, the whole crowd, the whole town is coming out looking for him because they want to be healed. They want to see his healing. And what does Jesus do? He gets up and he says, let's go somewhere else so that I may preach there because that is why I have come. That's my priority is to preach and bring the good news of the salvation that God is bringing. And yes, I'm going to heal. And yes, I'm going to cast out demons. But that's not my priority. I'm not here primarily as a miracle worker just to heal and bring people free from demon possession. It's to bring the gospel, the good news. Or consider Matthew 9. Some men brought to Jesus a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But so that you may know, so that, you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. 
And then he said to the paralytic, get up, take your mat and go home. And the man got up and went home. Again, here you have an example of friends bringing this paralyzed man to Jesus because they want him healed. And what does Jesus do? He says, your sins are forgiven. And the friends, of course, are like, that's not what we brought him. We weren't bringing him for that. But in Jesus' mind, that is what this man needed more than anything else. He needed his sins forgiven. But then to prove that he had authority to forgive sins, he healed the man anyways. Again, you see a contrast between what we think is the priority, the things that we pray for, the things that we have our eyes on, and God's perspective and Jesus' priority. Give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That is why he has come, first and foremost, to deal with the sin problem that separates us from God. In fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this in Matthew 5, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. In other words, It's better to go through life with one hand and go to heaven or one eye and go to heaven than it is to have two good eyes and two good hands and end up in hell. What's Jesus' priority once again? It's dealing with our sin. It's dealing with that which destroys us and destroys others and separates us from a holy God. That's his priority. And as much as God does heal and as much as God does cast out demons and all of these things, that is not his priority. His priority is dealing with the sin in our hearts that separates us from him. Or think about what else we might pray for. We pray for, we want to have comfortable lives. We want things to go smoothly. Wherever there's rocky things going on at work or in relationships or in home or in our lives, we want to pray for things to go well and go smoothly. But that's not God's priority again, is it? To give us smooth and comfortable lives. Think of Matthew 16 where Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? He says, yes, I know. You live here and you look around and you want a good and comfortable life. You want to have all the things of this world. But I tell you, what good is that if you gain everything in this world and yet forfeit your soul in the process? What good is it if you just allow sin to fester and you allow things to separate you from me just so you can have more and more and more in this world and have things go smoothly and have everything your heart desires here on earth. His name is Jesus. He came to save us from our sins, from that which separates us from God. And even when it comes to relationships, you look again at the surprising things that Jesus said, because again, we pray and we want to see reconciliation and peace in all of our relationships. And then Jesus comes and says something like this, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my father in heaven. Do not suppose that I come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. 
Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Man, you read that, you're like, again, God's priorities are not our priorities. He says, if there's anything or anyone that takes precedence over me, he says, it's as if you should hate them. Nothing should take priority over me. There should be no idols, no idolatry, nothing that separates me from you. The Messiah was given many names. Emmanuel, God with us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, the light of the world, the servant of the Lord. But ultimately, his name is Jesus. And it's not just a name that was picked out of a baby book. It has a specific meaning that Jesus will save his people from their sins, that that is what he came to do. That there is our sin, our rebellion against the holy God, everything we've ever done wrong, that has separated us from a holy God. And no one, on the basis of their own good works, their own spiritual resume, will ever be able to stand before a holy God and be accepted. No amount of going to church, no amount of giving money to the poor, nothing will separate, nothing can ever make you acceptable before a holy God. The only way was for Jesus to come and to live the perfect life that we could not live and to die on the cross in our place, taking the punishment that we deserved. He came to save his people from their sins, to make a way for you to be right with the Lord. So if you do not know God, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, then ask him tonight to be your savior, to save you from your sins, to restore you to a right relationship with God. And if you know him, if you do know him, then recognize from everything I've shared tonight that his perspective on what matters most in the life is different than ours. It's not to give us the most comfortable life, to make everything go smoothly for us. It is to deal with the sin that is in our hearts that will destroy us and destroy others. That is why he came. That is what Christmas is all about. That God the Father sent his son Jesus to save us from our sins. Amen. Thank you for listening to the New Life Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are located at 1155 Silas Dean Highway in Wethersfield, Connecticut, and can be found online at newlife-ct.org. No redistribution or use of any kind of this recording is allowed without express written consent of New Life Christian Fellowship. 